a lot of nonprofits develop their own programming, right? Because there's an issue in society that hasn't been solved yet. So they bring their unique approach to solving a societal issue. And when they get really good results and they have all these really cool elements to their programs, then they've actually built a program that could probably be replicated. When I work with nonprofits and I see like the uniqueness of their program, their elements of their model and how successful it is, I'm like, guys, you should package this. Like more people should know about it, right? We're all like working in our own silos to fix problems, but collaboration is really where it's at. The reason why nonprofits don't do that or are nervous to do that is one, they don't know how. They already feel like they're at capacity and maxed out. But they also are a little bit nervous about intellectual property and liability and what does that all mean if I just give this service away and I want credit for it and, and that's okay too. So there is a way that you can do both. And why I think this is so important is because when you take your amazing magic, your program model that you've come up with, that you've spent all this time, years, fixing and, and working on and tweaking to make sure that it gets the best impact, best outcomes. And you've worked on this thing and you've got it to a point where you're like, it's a smooth running machine and anybody could really implement this thing and serve more people, then I feel like it's almost your obligation to like give it out to the world because rather than having just the small impact at one your one little location uh, or your, your one area, you could have amazing impact, right? You could national, international impact, and so many more people could be served. But not only that, you can get a lot of revenue, right? Because you are offering not only an amazing service in your program model for the population you serve, but you're also offering an amazing service to the nonprofits that are out there going, listen, we really want to launch a program for foster kids or for homeless, but we don't know what works. You know, we want something that's evidence-based. We don't want to reinvent the wheel. And you're like, I have a plug and play model. Here it is. And they are like, will totally pay you for that because it's gonna save them all the time it took you to figure this thing out, which we know was blood, sweat, tears, time, and it might've almost broke you, but you made it and it's beautiful and now you should share it and you should get paid for it. Huge impact, big money. So today we are going to talk about sharing those programs that you have. And even if right now you're like, oh, I don't know if our program's really a replicable model, Start thinking about how do we build this program into a replicable model? How do we start building this program into a framework that somebody could plug in somewhere else? Because that even more accomplishes our mission and it's a great sustainable passive revenue stream that we are going to explore today. Let's talk about it. Welcome to episode 59 of For Purpose Live, where I help you get clear, get focused, and be impactful by showing you how to step fully into that calling that you've been given without taking on that common narrative that nonprofits just have to struggle. That's right, together we can get you in your sweet spot using your strengths and your talents to serve this world and build a movement of support for your mission simply by living for purpose, on purpose, I'm your host, Rebecca Britt, and today we are talking about replicable program models and scaling your nonprofit and making more money and doing less work. Doing less work. We love doing less work, but we really like doing less work and making more money and making more impact. Ah, can it be true? It can be true. Okay, so we're doing it. 
So if you want a checklist of how to build your nonprofit program into a replicable model, you can go grab a checklist that I have that's at forpurposelive.com slash model. It will bring you through the basic elements that you need before to think about before you can start replicating your model. But let's talk about like, what does this mean, Rebecca? How do we do this? So I'm going to tell you how I chose to do this. I started a nonprofit, which I have scaled now internationally. So we have 42 locations. And so I've done this. I've been where you are, where I was like, this is cool. I'm serving 25 kids, but I'd like, I'm a global thinker. And I don't see why other nonprofits can't just do what I'm doing. And it took me a lot of time and a lot of errors and a lot of pain to come up with like, no, this is actually how you have to do it so that you avoid all these pitfalls and so that you actually serve the kids in the way that they need to be served. So I almost felt an obligation like other people should not make the mistakes I made because those are not good, good things to do. Okay, but onward and upward. So I was like, okay, I want more locations. But what does that mean? Does that mean chapters? Does that mean that now I have, you know, a chapter in Georgia and a chapter here and a chapter there? And, and are they all employed by us? And do we need to like, take them on a staff and train them up and all of that? And to me, like with my budget, and my capacity, I was just like, I don't want like, employees. Okay, and I don't even want to be like that involved in what they're trying to do. Like I want them to step up to the plate. I want them to do the work. I will give them the whole play-by-play playbook and uh, all of the curriculum, everything they need to do it, but I want them to do it on their own. Like I do not want to be involved in that. I certainly don't want to be like raising their salary and paying for them to run a location somewhere else. Like that just seemed ridiculous to me. So what I found that I could do was license and licensing is really quite easy. What I license to my locations is a trademark. So I license the brand and there's just a license agreement that says you can use this brand if you follow these terms and conditions and the contract is very specific to the program model. Each kid has to get a plan of care. Each kid has to get an intake assessment. Each kid has to be matched up with a mentor. Each mentor has to go through our online mentor orientation training. Like all the elements of the model have to be followed if you're going to call this a stable moments program. That's what my program's called. But all I was doing was I just registered stable moments, the logo and the word, and they get to use it. And for using it, they get benefits. Okay, so they get to get certified in my model. And they have to do that by going through an online certification course that I get to charge, I charge around $1,000 for it. So everybody that wants to get certified in the model, I get $1,000 for. And they are given a plug and play system. This is exactly how we do it. They get a book, they get the online course, they get assignments and activities of how to develop plans of care. How do they do intake paperwork? How do they recruit participants? How do they recruit mentors? Um, and there's a whole bunch of administrative things that I had to build. And yes, you might be like, oh my gosh, Rebecca, I don't want to build all that stuff. But you build it one time. And you probably already have it because you're doing it at your facility, right? It's a program that you're already running. So there's a few things you need to think about when you're going to scale it and you're going to make it so somebody else gets it really, you know, some nice, easy forms, intake questions, like exactly how things should go. But you develop it once and it's done. I mean, every location, I don't do any more work and people are getting certified and becoming locations and serving more kids every single day, every single month, whenever they want to. And I don't do any more work than I did initially. Okay, so 
not only am I generating revenue, but more kids are getting served. And the nonprofits are like, thank you so much for developing this program. Like we've been looking for a program exactly like this. You make it easy. Like this, that's what they're looking for. Do you remember when you were back building your stuff? Like if somebody had handed you a plug and play model that was effective, that could serve a community and you didn't have to go through all that like program development stage, like how much would you pay for that? Like it's a lot of work, right? So people love it when you can offer them something in a package for a set price, okay? I even have licensing fees that are just monthly fees for them to use the brand and have access to the mentor orientation online. They pay a monthly fee so that I can start having some sustainable revenue coming through so that I have the, the amount that they pay when they first get started plus the membership fees. There's a little bit of work, like, you know, if somebody's like, oh, I got logged out of my account or what do I do? It's very minimal that people reach out, but when they do, at least those monthly fees kind of cover those administrative costs. Okay, so licensing is just licensing your brand or your trademark, your trademark program name, they get to use that by following the terms and agreements in the license agreement. And you get to create those. You should create them with an attorney, but basically you can make people agree to as stringent as rules as you want. And you can set up like how accountability methods. Are they gonna send you something? Are they gonna send you information on a quarterly basis, on a yearly basis? Like whatever you feel like you need to do to like hold integrity of your brand. Now, when people go through my program, they go through an online certification training and they get the heart of the program. They get why they shouldn't be doing things and why they must be doing other things. And I really share why things are important and why I didn't have some rules and then I had some and why the model is the way it is. So by the time people get done with my certification program, they don't have a desire to run the program any other way than the way that I've done it. They may ask me, hey, Rebecca, can I do this with not foster kids, but with kids that have divorced parents? And my answer is no. You're able to just say, no, this is a program that's exclusive to this one population and this is why, and we do that. That's what our license agreement talks about. That's one of the terms and conditions. You can only serve kids who have experienced the foster care system, okay? So you get to put that in your terms and conditions. Now, the benefits of this are huge. Again, impact. So now I am serving kids with my model that I have never met, never seen, never will. Families are getting services. I mean, it's amazing. There's a, there, we just got a location in Scotland. There's a location coming in Alaska, California, like all of these locations that I've never even met the people that are going to be getting our services, but I'm making huge impact. Okay. So I'm able to serve way more kids and guess what? I shut down my initial location and now I'm just allowing my program to live on without me being in the weeds. I am doing less and I'm serving more. I could have, I was killing myself to serve 25 kids and now I am not killing myself at all and living this amazing for purpose life and I'm serving thousands of kids. So replicable models are just, I can't say enough about them. Other benefits are you're getting brand credibility. You know, if you want your nonprofit to really be like, not just this local nonprofit that does this thing and you wanna have some national credibility or you just wanna have some credibility, like more credibility, more authority in the space, start having locations. 
more people that say this model really works this model is great it's working for us and you start using their pictures from their sites and you start using their case studies and more and more locations are popping up more and more people are using your model you start to be seen as an authority and you get that credibility and in your space you can start saying see I told you this intervention is the intervention that's going to make the difference and now funders start to believe wow this isn't just something that you're doing in this small town in this little area no this is like something that's catching on and people want to join a winning team and the more people that are saying their program works the more credibility you have it's just the way it is in the beginning it was it was so hard to get locations for me like i had to sell it I had to sell it and I did that through webinars and speaking and, and just sharing as much as I possibly could with anybody that would listen. And then I slowly started to get locations. And now what's so funny is when a new state, like so in Pennsylvania, I have like too many locations, probably. I have a lot of locations in Pennsylvania, but it's because what happens is one state will get their first location and I will sell like five books to that state, somebody in that state, as soon as that location happens. Because as soon as somebody else is doing it, everybody else goes, oh, we should do that as well. Oh, they're starting a program. Shoot, we weren't the first ones to do it. We could start a program. We want to be competitive. So I notice as soon as I get a location in one state, I'm about to sell some books and probably get more locations in that state. It's, it's just how it works. So it catches on like wildfire, okay? You can also tell if there is a, if, if your program brings in program fees, it's also a benefit to other locations. So you can tell other locations, listen, this is an additional revenue opportunity for your organization. I sell to nonprofits that already have uh, a um, programs running. Like they aren't just going to start a nonprofit with my program. It's they're already a nonprofit. They already serve kids or other populations or people in their community, and they are just choosing to add on a program that specifically serves foster kids, okay? So it's nice to pitch it as an additional revenue stream for these sites because Department of Children and Families will pay for the program fees, okay? So that's a benefit. The other big benefit is bringing in that money, being able to start having your fee for service. So if if at this time you haven't brought in a lot of money or you don't have a lot of money outside of donations and corporate partners and, um, and foundations or grants, and you would like to actually start making your own money so that you can be bringing in a consistent five, ten, dollars $25,000 a month, then it's really nice to set up these certification models that people pay for. They can go off and they can use them, but you're bringing in that passive pretty passive revenue for your nonprofit. And then you don't have to like, I wonder which grant we're going after. I wonder, no, you can start relying on that revenue coming in and you're gonna get more donations. You're gonna be able to apply for more grants because you're gonna have more credibility. So you can say, we have scaled our program to this size. You'll be able to get research funding because you'll say, we are already nationally skilled or we've already have five locations this program really warrants some funding for research so that we can create 
make sure that it's an evidence-based program so that we can test our outcomes. You get research on it, then it's an evidence-based program and it's written about, there's literature about it, and even more people want to do your program. So I love this. Start thinking about it. So I'm going to talk to you about how you would get started. So how you would get started is you really want to think about your, a lot of the programs we do, we run without thinking about our specific framework or we run without thinking about all the components. So what I do is I try to sit down and think about the customer or the uh, client journey. So somebody comes into your nonprofit, what happens? Like do, if they're first interested in a program, like how do you market it first? How do you market it? How do you get participants? Do you do an intake assessment? How do you plug them in? And if you guys just kind of do it willy-nilly right now and there's not really a clear system, then that's your first step. Think about all of your systems, creating your systems in a way that you could tell somebody else to do it. So if you use like a really elaborate CRM system and everything just notifies itself, that's gonna hinder your ability to generalize it to everybody because not everybody's gonna have that CRM. So I built my whole replicable model on Google Sheets because everybody can access Google Sheets um, in Google Docs. So basically, here's the intake assessment that you do and I would give it to them in a Google Doc. Here's your you know, program tracker in a Google Sheet. This is how you collect data in a Google Form. So I would make it so that it was applicable to all of these different locations. Everybody can use Google Form. I would come up with everything. Here's the copy and paste uh, emails that you send to parents that are interested in the program. Here's the copy and paste emails that you send to mentors that want to become a mentor. Here's all the things you need to do with them. I gave them so much stuff that was plug and play. So what I'm saying that you should do now is if you don't have that, like right now, if you're like, oh, thanks for your interest. And every time somebody e like wants to get involved, you email them, start making that like copy and paste stuff that you could say, this is the email we send. This is how we follow up. This is how we do our background checks. This is how, whatever it is, every process you take, just start thinking, could I tell somebody else to do this? What exactly would I tell them to do? And how, are, how am I gonna tell them to do that? Are you gonna write out a standard operating procedure? Are you gonna start copy and pasting the actual things that they can use for communication? Are you gonna start developing social media graphics that they can use that are or are not branded? You have to think about those things. So really think about that. Think about your standard operating procedures. What are the things that 100% have to be done? So for one example, in my program, it's a 10 month mentorship program for foster kids and it involves community mentors. So, but I have a lot of sites that say, Rebecca, can we do less than 10 months? It's, you know, it's Alaska or it's whatever. And we just don't have that much good weather. So I actually have a very strong stance on it being a long-term program, but I'm not completely rigid on 10 months. I propose that it should be done through the school year. So kids get, you know, June, July off and then uh, August through May, you run your program. But there's people that say like that just doesn't work for them. And the most they could do is six months. And I'm like, sure, six months is fine. Just do all the other elements of the program. So in the license agreement, I don't have a requirement that it's 10 months, but I have a requirement that it's six months or more recommended 10 months because 
three months doesn't work, eight weeks doesn't work. I feel like a lot of these kids are just starting to come out of their shells at three months and there's research to back up that long-term healthy relationships with an adult are what is what builds resilience. So I'm not interested in somebody launching this for six weeks and trying it out. It's not what I'm about. So figure out what you're about. What's your program about? What are the fundamental things that you absolutely have to do? Like kids in foster care are the only ones you can serve. And when people, people will start asking you how they can massage your model and listen. I tell them if you want to read my book and you want to start a mentorship program and you want to take bits and pieces of it and start your own thing, so be it. Go serve some kids and use a little bit of my wisdom. I love it. It's fine. Don't call it a stable moments program. Okay. You can't use the brand and you can't get all of our administrative assets and all of that cool stuff if you're not going to follow it to a T, okay? Because this recipe is the one that works and if you're gonna use my name, you need to do the program as I say to do it. Fair enough, and people do. I'm telling you, my, my sites, they get it, okay? And they do it. So I want you to think about all your standard operating procedures. I want to think, you to think about how would you start replicating this? I want you to think about a framework. How would you put, people love simple frameworks, our three-step framework, our you know five-phase framework, like whatever it is. But think about like, what is it? Is it the intake? Do you first set them up with housing? Then you set them up with jobs? Then you set, you know, what are the components and what comes first? What comes next? Like, what does it look like? And what's your framework um, so that you can, Break it down into pieces that people go like, okay, I get it. Everybody likes a framework and those are easy to digest. And when you create an online certification course, if that's what you're going to do, you can have your modules go with that framework. This is what we do first. This is what we do second. A lot of nonprofits have programs that, you know, have like three overarching bubbles, right? Circles, like a Venn diagram, because they bring in, that's the beauty of their program. They bring in these three elements, which are, the support that the person needs. So that's fine too. Um, but just think about your framework and start getting the standard operating procedures, all of the elements, all of your social graphics, all of the things that you would give somebody else to do. And then if you've got all that, I would find one person that's willing to pilot it. And if you can find one person, one organization that's willing to pilot it, I had three locations that were free. So um, I basically helped them and I actually didn't have the certification program yet. I just gave them a book and I did like one-on-one -on -one consulting with them to get them up and running. And then they were grandfathered in as locations forever. Um, but I got a lot of feedback, like what's working? You know, there's so many things that make sense to you but don't make sense to somebody else. Maybe they aren't even, maybe they don't have all the background that you have about that particular problem or that particular population. So you want to make sure that you are training in a way that people are able to pick it up and replicate it. Okay. So once you've got all your pieces, I would see if you can get one other organization to pilot it and they don't have to pay for anything, right? They still do a license agreement. So they're still agreeing to the terms and conditions, and then you work with them one-on-one -on -one to see what works and what doesn't work. You tweak your model, and then you're ready to build an online certification course that people can just sign up on their own accord um, and get certified and start serving more people 
without you having to do that one-on-one -on -one consultation, okay? All right, I hope that I have inspired you. If you have a program that you are running that was not somebody else's, then you likely can make it into a replicable model and you likely can sell that. And likely there are nonprofits that would wish, that are wishing that you would release it into the world and save them the headache of coming up with all of this, okay? We don't need to sit in our own silos and come up with these amazing solutions like we're saying our solution is the solution so if it's the solution why wouldn't we want to allow it to be the solution for everyone and not just our small county or our small area or our state or wherever we are located okay all right don't forget to go grab that licensing checklist that's at forpurposelive.com model and that will help you go through the elements that you're going to need. This is a great way to scale your nonprofit, bring in revenue, make more impact, but actually do a lot less work. I would love to hear about your replicable model, the one that you want to scale out. You can leave a comment with that model and your nonprofit name, and we'll make sure to give it some love. And thank you so much for your service to this world. Until next time.